Mutiny Sports, your sports, your way, the way it should be. To join the Mutiny Sports family, go to our Facebook page and message any of our family of Mutiny Sports pages. From NFL to NCAA, we have it all. Welcome back to another week of Mutiny Sports Podcast. Unfortunately, this week we are not joined by our guests. There was a couple scheduling conflicts, and so we're going to push that back. Hopefully we get them on next week, um, but the plan is to have them on within the next few weeks. Um, But that aside, we have a very exciting episode planned for you guys. Um, Let's get into it. We are going to continue with the same um, layout that we did last week. It worked really well for us. Um, it makes more sense for us, and so that's how we're going to do it. Our pickums will be at the end, following um, Big Man on. What's it called? What's your just on campus um, with Des? On campus with Des, and with that, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I am your first co-host. Um, I kind of captain the ship here, so to speak. Um, I was never really appointed to captain the ship. I just kind of took control from week one, and everybody was perfectly fine with it, I guess. So well, was your idea to make the podcast in the first place. That's so. fair. Um, but it just seemed to work. It, it, flew, it flowed well, and so here we are. I captain the ship. I am uh, one of your three fa- one of your yeah three founders that are on this uh, podcast. Um, but I am one of five founders for the entire brand. I run the U- the Mutiny Sports NFL page. I about said US NFL, which would have thrown us completely back to <laughs> our, like, way back to a whole oh, different sorry. brand, a whole different, like, before a rebrand, before we left a brand. Holy crap, that was a long time ago. We haven't been underdog in a long while. But, um, so I run your Mutiny Sports NFL page. I am basically Josh's boss, kind of. I mean, yeah. we, we've we've explained the the power structure there, so you guys kind of understand how that works. Um, but I am a Vikings fan, Steelers fan, Huskers, Tar Heels for basketball, Huskers for literally everything. Um, I am a Lakers fan, Bulls fan, Cubs fan, Blackhawks fan, and unfortunately, I'm a Joey Logano fan. But currently, he is the points leader for the, for NASCAR. I don't know how. I think he's only had like two top five finishes. Um, but that, that just shows you how diverse the top five has been all season with him being the most consistent top 10. And, uh, he currently leads NASCAR in points. So that's pretty exciting. I'm joined by one of our other founders that's on the page. He is a Titans, Saints, Nets, Falls, um, Dodgers, Reddick fan uh, for NASCAR. And then he's the, he's a Predators fan for NHL. Sir, go ahead um, and introduce yourself. I mean, dude, if we can, if we, dude, I'm Des and I am high as, or I am high on these Mountain Dew, these uh, Mountain Dew seltzers. If y'all ain't had them yet, you need to try them. We are not sponsored yet. Um, <laughs> we are not, but dude, I would love to get sponsored with Mountain, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, we'll start covering next games if that's what it takes. Mountain Dew, if you hear this, um, we, we would like to be sponsored. You don't have to pay us anything. Well, just give us free Mountain Dew. Um, that's all uh, we have. Just give us the give us the free seltzers. We're all over twenty one. Yeah, the seltzers would be great. Okay, so seltzers yeah. a month. If you don't have them yet, bam, get them. Good to go. Um, but no, yeah. That's Des. He runs on campus with Des, and then we are joined by our commissioner of the NFL page. Our fourth um, guest is out for the week. He has some travel plans, so it's just me, Des, and our uh, third guest or third host. Um, he is the commissioner of NFL. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Josh. I am Josh Wilson. Uh, 
like Dante said, I am the commissioner of the NFL page. So basically, Dante's my boss. I'm everybody else's boss. Boss, I'm I'm Josh's boss slash bitch. So I mean, I yeah. gotta do the stuff Josh doesn't want to do, which is fine, but also <laughs> a lot of work sometimes. I'm I'm just kidding. Josh does a great job over there. But well, anyways, pretty much everything. <laughs> what'd you say, Josh? I said I was just gonna say I do pretty much everything. Yeah, I run the podcast and I run the website, and that's it. That's all I do. It's good to go. We're good. Josh is pretty good at his job. But anyways, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into our first segment for the week. We have our weekly overreactions back yet again. This will be a continuous uh, segment. We're back to this being my permanent segment. Um, This week, I've got a pretty spicy um, week for you. We're going to continue like we did last week where I will give an overreaction. I'll give my points behind it. And then they'll get to re- uh, the hosts will get to react before I move on to my next one. So for my first overreaction, the Reds will finish second in the NL Central this year. Hear me out. The NL Central has already been weak, right? And this is barring the Cubs pulling something major tonight, like signing Carlos Correa or something, which I don't think is going to happen. It looks like he's going back to Houston, which I mean. As bummed as I am about that, good for him. I hope he enjoys his time in Houston. I hope they never win another World Series. And I hope he bats 180 the rest of his career. Um, But I hope they never cheat their way to another World Series. They're happy to. There you go. Um, I am. So the Cubs are kind of still in this retool. They're going to be all right, but I don't see them finishing any higher than third. Right? The Cardinals are the clear cut. They're the winner in the NL Central. They have Nolan Arenado. They have probably one of the deepest pitching staffs, one of the deepest lineups in baseball. They haven't really added anything, but I don't think they really needed to. They didn't lose a whole lot of pieces. Um, they're ready to – they're built for the future, right? I don't think they'll go deep in the playoffs, but they'll – with 91 wins, they'll win the NL Central handily. The Pirates are garbage, right? And the Brewers are – they never really did anything. They didn't do anything to add to what they had last year, and they lost a few key pieces from last year's run. They've got Christian Yelich still, but he has yet to prove that he can finish out a season. Um, and so I feel like they finished third. So my lineup with the NL Central would be the Cardinals in first, the Reds in second, the Brewers in third, the Cubs in fourth, the Pirates in last. Um, the Reds, my reasoning for them finishing second is, yeah, they've traded a lot of pieces away, but they didn't trade a whole lot of their young talent, right? They moved on from guys that were getting older and on the tail end of contracts. So they got younger while also picking up prospects. And at the same time, the top of their farm system is pretty loaded. They have some guys that can move up, can maybe go on a run. Um, if they could keep Votto healthy out there, that pitching staff is a little shaky but there's still some mid-level names on the out there that they could get for pretty cheap and they could make it a competitive year i say they finished second and that's my overreaction go ahead and react well first of all i'm just happy the baseball's back um honestly yeah you're i can't say you're wrong because it's like you said the nl central is weak like weaker than i've seen in a long time because at least when the Cubs were bad, they were at least decently competitive. Uh, so last couple of years, uh, you're right on Milwaukee. They're I don't know what they're doing. I don't think their fans or their organization knows what they're doing. And 
the Pirates are a joke. Cardinals, yeah, they've got to be clear-cut favorites. Uh, I'm not a Cardinals fan by any means or one of the teams I hate more than anyone else in the league just because the Dodgers have had, you know, had their demons with them in the postseason. But, yeah, I guess on default, the Reds are the second-best team in the NL Central, but I still think they finish at least five games below 500. Yeah, I think you're probably going to be right that they're going to finish second in the division just based on the fact that that division's trash. And they are a young team, so they've gotten rid of a lot of older guys who they had to pay a lot of money to. So, I mean, it'll be kind of interesting to see if they get towards the deadline and they're contending if they spend some of that money that they've saved. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think you, you look at this Reds team and while they've gone, they've had a complete fire sale, right? There, like I said, there was talent. There was talent, young talent there, and there's talent at the top end of that um, farm system. It's not a great farm system top to bottom. But at the front, the top end of that talent of that farm system, there's talent there. There's mid-level MLB talent that can come in. They can be cheap. They can give the Reds this ability to spend, and while looking towards the future, also spending on short-term contracts for big money to get guys in now. Because so I, I look at the Reds and like the the one thing I keep thinking is they were a borderline playoff team last year. They fell apart down the stretch. What are they possibly doing? Like, what are, what are we missing? And it, it just, I look at it and I'm like, it, it can't be they're going into a rebuild already. And then they let Castellanos walk. They let some, they traded some guys that you're like, well, that's a little weird. They let Wade Miley walk. Um, they let Sonny Gray walk. Or they, they traded Sonny Gray. It, it just kind of, it's like, Almost Nothing a bad. Is... It, it, it's almost a bad version of what the Cubs did because the Cubs did it when they had no shot at being competitive for the postseason anymore. The Reds weren't that far off. I, I think that's the thing, though, is the Reds haven't been that far off for what three years now. They still can't get over that hump. So they made I think the playoffs. Last year was the first time they hadn't made the playoffs in three years. Are you sure about that? Because I know they made it during the COVID year. They made it during the expansion year, and the year before they were our wild card team. I'll they finished second. They finished second because they kicked the Cubs out and the Cardinals That's right. missed. Yep, yep, you were right on that. My bad. I about so I that. Think, I think the th- um, the mindset in Cincinnati was, our we can't get over the hump and win the division. We're being outplayed. Something's wrong here. So what we need to do is we need to trade away some of these aging pieces that are, you know, eating up good, you know, eating up money that they could be using elsewhere. So what I expect to see from the Reds, I think this year they're going to, I think they're going to take a step back and I'm not sure what the free agent market looks like next year, but I do think next season or next um, off season, they're going to be, one of those teams that goes out and tries to do what the Dodgers um, do or what the Yankees do and buy everyone that they can in an attempt to compete. Because they've got the space for it now. That city is buzzing. 
Like they're they're an up and coming sports city. You know, the Bengals just did good. And, uh, they just made it to the Super Bowl. Um, just got that new MLS team. They're they're looking solid. I think that's the only thing. That, you know, professionally in Cincinnati, but you, even the, the collegiate level, Xavier. You know, they're always a good team uh, basketball. I know they just missed on the tournament this year, but they're right there. Um, Cincinnati University of Cincinnati just made the playoffs. So I, I think Cincinnati as a whole is a buzzing sports city, and it shouldn't be hard to attract free agents, especially if the, uh, the Bengals, if they have another good season like they do this year, I, I think Cincinnati is one of those go-to mid-market destinations for free agents because the buzz is there, the fans are there, and the price to live there is relatively cheap compared to some of the other markets. Especially if they do it with little to nothing. Like if you give if the Reds are competent this year, like we don't expect to see a manager fire by June or July. I'll say July because we're a little bit delayed. So you know, I don't know. June, mid June could still be a possibility this year. We're only well, losing saying, a week. If what was it? We've lost two. April seventh. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, April, back I up. They'd still post it. Yeah. Either way, though, I, I still think June is a little bit early to be calling for the manager's head because, as far as I know, this, this isn't on him. This is just a lack of talent. However, if they're still – I'm not going to necessarily say competing, but winning series that they should be winning, uh, I, I still think that they can – if they can get to the all-star break, maybe even a little bit afterwards – it's still a good market for a free agent to go to. Uh, it's still a stable core, a good young core. It's kind of how Detroit's done. I, I think that's what they're trying to do. Uh, they see that Detroit's looming. They've, they're looking to have success this season. Uh, personally, I think they're going to win their division. I, I think that's what Cincinnati's trying to do because as they know St. Louis next year, they're, they're going to take a step back. Uh, depending on what the Cubs do, still, they're – the Cubs don't have any whole lot of upside yet. Uh, I don't know what y'all's farm system looks like, which is a shame because I literally have 30 minutes away from y'all's double-A team. We, we have a lot in the double-A area. Yeah. So I think this year the Reds, they're going to take a step back, and then they're going to go hard in the offseason and compete for the division next year, assuming that they get the free agents they want. I could see that. I could see them competing for the division next year. Yeah. I, I think the thing is, this year, unless the Cubs do something drastic, right? They land Correa, they bring back Bryant or Rizzo, and I mean, they add... Freeman's this, still a free agent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they land Correa, they add a stud first baseman, and they add this Japanese outfielder that's an international free agent that we've been talking to the last few days, and it appears we're the only ones in talks with. Um, I'm not seeing any other rumors with anybody else about this Suse kid. Um, Watch the Cubs still lose. I, that would I mean, it's what the Cubs be do, the most Chicago Cubs thing ever to happen. Oh, it's because their um, ownership is garbage. Yeah, Tom Ricketts is a dumbass. Um, and his brother's also the governor of Nebraska, so that explains a lot. Um, that explains why you left. Yeah, oh yeah, no. I, I have had to deal with the Ricketts destroying my favorite baseball team and my home state. So it is a wonderful 
relationship with the Ricketts. Just love them to death. Um, but but so if the Cubs add a couple solid pieces, right, and another uh, rotation arm and a couple of bullpen arms, right? If they, they do something drastic like that, like they go big, they decide we're going all in on this year, screw the luxury tax, we'll go over it, we'll pay whatever it needs to be, let's build. Then the, there's a, it's a two-horse race. But right now, it's a one-horse race. The Cardinals are winning this year. Next year, it's a lot more wide open. Um, Arenado's a year older. The Cardinals have a lot of guys they've got to extend. They lose Dexter Fowler, um, who has never really done anything for them. He came, he left Chicago and kind of fizzled out. And so everybody's like, we let him go and we didn't have a real leadoff hitter. Yeah, because, but the thing is, Dexter Fowler was never a real leadoff hitter after he left us. Like he was kind of garbage after that. But that's beside the point. So we lose, they lose him. They lose a couple other key pieces. Um, I just got a tweet from somebody. I hope this is big news. Um, oh, um, hold on. I think Tom Ricketts is getting involved in the Carlos Correa. Oh no. The Seiya Suzuki kid that I was just talking about. Tom Ricketts Mm -hmm. is officially getting involved in the meeting for the team's next pitch. He is currently one of the Cubs top priorities. This international free agent kid. That could be huge. Um, but so the, the Cardinals lose a lot of key pieces next year unless they spend crazy money and go way over the luxury tax to resign them. St. Louis is not a big market. They've never been well known for spending huge to do that. They kind of build teams via draft and sign a couple of small name free agents. Um, the Arenado trade was kind of out of character for them. But um, so the Cardinals kind of taper off next year, which brings the Cubs who have a young team that is going to develop, get better. We're going to add more names to it. They're going to trend upwards. The Cardinals are going to start to trend downwards. And as long as Cincinnati continues that upward trend and they build towards next year, even if they don't finish second this year, they're a serious contender next year. And I think the NL Central has to be um, one of the most terrifying divisions to play in because you don't know who's going to win it next year. Um, I don't know. Terrifying as in equally mediocre, sure. Because they're not the same terrifying as the AL East. Yeah, no. The AL East is, at least for this next year, um, until the Giants run into the same issue where they start to lose some of those guys and don't have the funds to bring them back. Sir, sir the AL East, the Giants are not on the East Coast anymore. That was... Um, that was wrong, wrong coast. I was thinking AL or NL West. Um, yeah, AL wrong coast, East wrong division. Is or, or wrong Yankees, conference. Yankees, Rays, Red Sox. Red Sox. But even the Yankees, the Yankees Jays. got weak this year. The Rays haven't done a whole lot. The Jays are trending upwards. Yeah, dude. Uh, the Red Sox are trending the upwards. The Baltimore's the only team that's eliminated from contention right now. But we are getting sidetracked on that. Yeah, let's let's get on to my next um overreaction for. The week. My next overreaction is the Steelers will not only win the division with Mitchell Trubisky as our quarterback next year, <laughs> but they will make the conference championship. And hear me out. Hear me out on this. This is based on a few contingencies. First of all, the Steelers added to their offensive line, which was a big draft priority, right? Like everybody was talking about first round, screw a quarterback, find somebody in free agency, build your offensive line for Najee Harris. They did that in free agency. They added um, 
let me go back. I had a list and I don't know where it went. Holy shit. Dante, I know he's what? not like recreationally available in Florida. So it's still yeah. medicinal. And mm-hmm. you don't have glaucoma. So how the I want you to continue. But I'm I'm about to roast your ass, so just uh, um <laughs> but here so the Steelers have added on the offensive line James Daniels as a guard who was a promising young guard from Chicago, had a really good year last year. Um they added Levi Wallace, I just like reminding Josh of that. Um, they added Chikuma Okorafor. They brought him back. He was our best offensive lineman last year. He's a tackle. We brought Mason Cole in, who was a um, guard, can play center, was a center in college, was moved to guard be- with in Minnesota as a Viking because we had a center. We like our center, Garrett Bradbury. He was kind of we, – we, we weren't moving on from Garrett Bradbury to center. Um, so Mason Cole went in to play guard. Mason Cole will probably be our center, which moves um, Green back – or Kevin Green back to his – or Kendrick Green, back to his natural guard spot. So now we have the center, both guards, and one of our offensive tackles um, figured out. We just need to figure out our other offensive tackle. Our offensive line looks solid. Najee Harris ran for the fourth most yards in the NFL. Would have been the fifth most if King Henry had been back. Um, but fourth most yards in the NFL as a rookie behind a terrible offensive line. He broke the Steelers' single-season re- record for a rookie. Um so building an offensive line for him was big priority, right? So we did that through free agency. That's not an issue in the draft anymore. We've added key pieces on our defense. We added um, we added Levi Wallace at cornerback as a cheap cornerback option. We uh, brought back Montrevious Adams, who was a good stopgap at, uh, um, at defensive tackle. We've um, been in talks with the Honey Badger and Stephon Gilmore, a lot of people saying they see um, Tyran Matthew coming to Pittsburgh, which would be huge. Yeah, um, the and then Saints. Miles Killebrew was brought back as a safety. Who? He's going to the Saints? Dude, he, you know, he went to LSU. Yeah, I, I also would want he's... to go play for a head coach that nobody knows who he is. Um, he was he literally coached, played on the same team as him last year. Your head coach? Yes. Who's your head coach now? The... Um, Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, what was his face? Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy. Yes. You guys got Bieniemy. I'm. How did I miss that? I don't think so. Oh, it's Dennis Allen. I, why did I think we got Bieniemy? I think oh, you shit. guys were about to, because, and then they backed yeah, out and smoked yeah, because we had marijuana. No, it was because we had posters up. We had those fucking things on. <sighs> My bad. We had those posters up um, around the stadium uh, trying to get the enemy to come. Fuck. Why did I think we had... I was starting to get excited, especially with us being... Yeah, no, he's not going to the... The Honey Badger's not going to the Saints. Sorry, bud. Um, I mean, look, all I'm saying is he's got his task to losing it. um, Currently... Which is... Ironic as hell because the Chiefs basically made it sound like they did not want anything to do with him this offseason, which is wild to me. I, I would have – Tyran Matthew, if I were the Chiefs, 
I would have locked him up for life. That, that is the best safety that's ever played for you. And Eric Berry played for you. No, it's because they're running. Like, they've got too much. They're spending too much on offense. Yeah. And, and their defense is going to continue defense. to struggle. The Chiefs are. Um, they're, <laughs> they're about to be the third best team in that division. Yeah. I can see it. Uh, possibly but fourth because the Raiders are nothing to laugh at right now. The Raiders are building something serious and they're a, ge- a legitimate receiver threat, like a deep threat again, away from the being Raiders, competitors. That, that's another topic. I will, I, I've got my own opinion on the Raiders and that the whole division. We'll discuss but that. We'll, we'll get into that later. We kind of went on a rabbit trail. The Steelers have built this defense. They're adding to this defense. We have the current, um, guy, the guy that's currently tied for the, um, single season record with sacks. I firmly believe with 17 games he gets that this season if he stays healthy all season. I firmly believe he can. I firmly believe he will. He gets that record this year. Um, also reigning defensive player of the year. We bring back Kim Hayward. We bring back Minka Fitzpatrick with Brian Flores as our um, defensive assistant who is probably going to take more of a assistant defensive coordinator role. Um, we, we've got this it's almost like awakening a sleeping giant in Pittsburgh. Um, The naggy effect is what led to Mitchell Trubisky looking like garbage in Chicago. Um, Keep in mind that he took the bears to the playoffs two of four years, both of them under naggy. He drug lifeless naggy offenses to the playoffs. Mitch Trubisky, if he's our starter, that's not even guaranteed. A lot of insiders think we could still go with a rookie in the draft, trade up, go for a rookie because we're filling all of our needs currently in the regular season. So either they're going to trade up or they're just going to sit there at 20 and take best available player with the idea that what we've got in place right now can win us ball games. Let's get the next available, the best available player at 20 or they trade up, they get a quarterback somewhere earlier in the draft, whatever they do. The Steelers have the talent. The Steelers have the front office. The Steelers have the coaching staff right now to win some games, get to the playoffs, win that division. And unless the Bengals commit fully to rebuilding this offensive line, which you would have thought they would have done last year, which you would have thought they would have already done this free agency, that there's been Brandon Sheriff was taken off the board. Um, Mason Cole was taken off the board, who would have been a great center option for them. They've, been back and forth with Riley Reef on whether or not he's coming back next year. But all of these offensive linemen that have been on the board, they're perfectly good options and the Bengals aren't making any moves for them. Um, so the Bengals are kind of staying stagnant. It's like, are you really going to trust a rookie to protect your franchise quarterback who was sacked a record breaking amount of times in the playoffs? Or are you going to, Go after a free agent now when it's too late. All of the good free agent linemen are gone. You're going to take somebody that's proven but not great and put yourself in a bigger hole. It, so the Bengals kind of look, I don't know, what what direction are they going to go? Um, but the Ravens are not good, will not be good for a long time. The Browns are a dumpster fire yet again. And Lamar Jackson, I will say, I've said this, I'll say it again. Lamar Jackson is not the guy to win a Super Bowl in Baltimore. He will not be. Lamar Jackson is good. Lamar Jackson is not great. And that is because based on his inability to stay healthy and his inability to throw the long ball. All right, go ahead and react. We got a little long wind. So, um, your whole thing about 
Steelers being good is based around a strong, hard-headed physical running back and a great defensive line. Who does that sound like, Dante? The Titans with the better head coach. Hmm, I would take Grable over uh, Tomlin at this point. <laughs> oh, same. Absolutely, 100%. I just like pressing your buttons. The only no. reason... And the thing is, we are the Titans. Realistically, we're the Titans. We're the Titans with a better defense. The The Titans' Titans defense was not great last year. Yes, they were good. They were good. Um, The defense was great. Name one player on that defense that's elite Harold Landry, Kevin Byard. There you go. Kevin Byard's arguably. Give me at least two more. You just said a player. Now you're going with four. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah. let me Rashad let me Evans, do so. this for you. Give me uh, give me four. A, no give me four because I can name five on the Steelers that are at an at an elite level right, right well, now. I'm gonna. I think Rashad Evans. I think he's a top linebacker in the game. He's up there. Yep. So there's three. Uh, but but Dupree, if, when he's healthy, he's he's elite. Yeah. Uh, was then, he last year though? I mean, he was good when he was. He, wasn't, he, was, he didn't play at an it, elite level last year. And then I'm, I'm losing his name because we literally just resigned him. Uh, he's another one of our defensive linemen, and I'm drawing a blank. Holy shit. Give me just a minute. I, I, I'm going to have to. All right. While you're looking that up, I'm going to list. I'm going to list the elite people on the Steelers defense. You've got TJ right, Watt. You've got Minka Fitzpatrick. You've got Cam Hayward. You've got Mike Hilton. Or not Mike, yeah. Yeah, Mike Hilton. You have Miles Killebrew, and you have Devin Bush. All Did he go Audrey? Yeah, I know. I, I got you. All six of those guys are elite and have played at an elite level in the last 365 days. The Steelers are continuing to add to that, which is huge. Miles um, Jack is being talked to or talked about. Tyran Matthew. Um... Stephon Gilmore. If you add any of those three, that defense is automatically the most talented in the league. I was saying the the only reason the Titans were, are able to be as successful as they are is because we play in a dog shit division. And Ryan Tannehill isn't god awful. Mitch Trubisky is god awful. That's not, that, but he's not. Okay, you're going based off the here's the new Mike Nagy system. Okay. We said the same thing about Sam Darnold. Who was he throwing to? Who was he throwing? First of all, who was he throwing to in Washington or in in Chicago? Who was his running back? And what was his offensive line? Okay. He drugged them to two playoffs. You could say. Trubisky has also got a year behind Josh Allen. A year behind Josh Allen, who who was a a direct fit for him as a quarterback. A direct fit. That's fine. I just. Do not think that he's even a top 20 quarterback in the league. I would disagree with that. I would, I would completely have to disagree. If he you is put Justin the Fields, worst You put Justin division. Fields, who everybody was saying is already better than Mitch Trubisky, in that exact same organization, the exact same lineup, the exact same situation, and he shit the bed constantly. And you, everybody I, can say, oh, he's a rookie. I don't want to hear the, oh, he's a rookie argument if everybody was saying he was already better. He was already more pro-ready than Mitch Trubisky was after playing four years in the NFL. I'm just not how Mitch Trubisky. You're, and 
I don't know why you're high on him. You're, you're always sound like Rob with Sam Darnold. <laughs> I'm high on Mitch Trubisky because, because Mitch Trubisky made the playoffs under Matt Nagy. Sam Darnold never won more than a game look, under the defense. Dumbass. Look, look at the defense that they had on those teams. Look at the defense that Pittsburgh has. And you're giving him a better yeah. offensive you're giving him a better offensive scenario with a much better defense. In a tougher division. There's one team that he has to compete with. It's the exact same as the N- NFC North. You have uh, the dude, Packers. We have the can, Bengals. You can chalk off the Browns and the you, I'll, I'll give you the Browns. They're a dumpster fire. But the Ravens are going to fight. The Ravens play their best the Steelers ball. Haven't the, lost Steelers. To, the Steelers haven't lost to the Ravens since Mason Rudolph was our quarterback. I'll say, too, that I so, think the Steelers have a great team, but to say they're going to make the AFC championship, the AFC no, championship, or the AFC is loaded with talent. Yeah. Because that, that, is slowly, that is slowly going to the Bengals, NFC. The Chiefs. No, yeah, but it's still strong. Yeah, I mean, we brought I'm, Russell Wilson into the AFC, but for the most you got, part, remember, right? You got but Russell Wilson. The I can give it about the Broncos. The you know, you've still got the Chiefs, the Titans, the Bills. The I don't think you've got the Chiefs anymore to worry about. I think they're a first you, round exit at this Chiefs point. Are. That defense is awful. That defense is awful, and you lost your best guy. But they're also they're also the favorites to land uh, Jarvis Landry. So their so their offense is going to get even more potent than it already was. Think about it. You, I mean, yeah. in the AFC, in the AFC, realistically, you got the Bengals, the Titans, the Bills, everyone in the AFC West. Like, the, you can make the exception for the Raiders. I think I don't think they're to that top caliber just yet. I don't trust Derek Carr with. Um, mediocre receivers. That, that's just me. I'm not a big Derek Gar- Carr guy, personally. Uh, who else you got? Ah, shit. I, the Dolph- I, I think the Dolphins are going to do better this year. I, I don't think they're ready to compete for anything yet, but I think they're a better team. I, I don't think so. I think you lose the head coach that was the right fit for you. You bring in this it, guy from San Francisco that's, eh. Um, you bring an offensive mounted guy to deal with a phenomenal quarterback. Questionable quarterback. Uh, the Patriots. Steven. He's had no more Patriots success. He's had, had he's had less success than Mitchell Trubisky under a better head coach. So what's the argument there? I mean, he's had less success. He was supposed to be more talented. He had a better coach. He had a better defense. What's the argument? If Mitch Trubisky is hot trash, so is Tua. Good point. That's fair. I mean, if 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 Trubisky is nothing and has has to prove himself first, the Dolphins have to prove something before I even Trubisky one hundred percent has to prove himself. Prove himself. I, I would agree because I'm real with you. I would put him probably second or third on y'all's QB roster right now. Ooh, no, he's definitely the most talented of the three. I do, I do not trust. He's Trubisky. better than Rudolph for sure, and Dwayne Haskins is such a head case that I don't think he ever sees the field in Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure doesn't Dwayne Haskins look like? Oh yeah, no, they saw, they did some weird shit with his contract. Never mind. Yeah, no, we gave him a first round tender, and he was like, "I'm not going anywhere else." So I'll re up. Um, yeah. One year, two point four million. Literally, he, he cost us nothing. 
Um, I think it's like I think it's like 0.7 million towards the cap. It's he because most of it was um turned into a bonus for whatever. Yeah. And so we yeah. So um the division maybe, but you're there's no way in hell y'all make make it past the first round. I would have to disagree. I think we get the right seating. I think we. I mean, this defense is obviously figuring itself out. Um, I keep I keep getting notifications from ESPN and it's like hockey stuff and everything. And I'm like checking to see if we've got free agent information. Oh, um, sure. We're going to finish up with this overreaction. We're going to leave my next my third overreaction for next week. It fits better in next week's uh, scheme anyways. And with Cole back, he can react because it's something that's going to hit home for him. Um, but. Shit. Hold I, Kyrie scores 41 in the first half versus Magic. Most by any player in any half without a turnover in the play-by-play era. Holy shit. Man's going off. All right. Kyrie's pissed. Um, is he still <laughs> not allowed to play in New York? Correct. But he's allowed to play in Florida. I thought they changed it. it. I thought they changed allowed, that for him. He's still allowed to sit courtside in the yep. arena without a mask on. But he can't But he's play. not allowed to go in the freaking locker room. Yeah, that's so yep. stupid. No, the well, mayor of the New York Knicks fan. Can't play. Uh, no, no, he's not in the locker room. The Nets got fined uh, 50 grand for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did? But the Nets got fined 50 grand. Oh, for him for, being in the locker room? Yeah. Um, but this is all because the New York's mayor is a Knicks fan. Yeah. Um, anyways, so let's finish up this, um, because we were having a good, good conversation. We kind of got back on the topic and had a solid argument there. Um, the thing is Patrick Mahomes no longer has a defense. The Raiders are unproven. Russ has looked questionable the last few years, and I want to see what he can do in a new system. Do I think the Broncos are going to be dangerous? Yes. Justin Herbert has yet to prove anything. He had a very good team last year, missed the playoffs. I understand it is a hard division, but he he lost a couple of games he should have won that would have led them to not even be in that position where a tie with the Raiders kicks them out of the playoffs. Uh, Or where a loss to the Raiders kicks them out of the playoffs. Justin Herbert also should have won that game. There were several times he could have put that thing away. Um, or he could have jumped on top and taken a lead and run away with it. At least they never had a big enough lead to have put it away, but they could have taken control and started to put it away. So Justin Herbert is questionable. The AFC North, it's Pittsburgh and Cleveland or Pittsburgh and Cincy right now. Cleveland and Baltimore have yet to beat Pittsburgh aside from week 17 last year for, um, Cleveland. They have yet to beat Pittsburgh since Rudolph was our quarterback, which is three years ago. Um, Cincinnati is the only team that's given Pittsburgh any struggle in the last three years. Um, Pittsburgh is getting better, much better at quarterback. I love Ben. Ben's great. Ben was an elite quarterback all time. Hall of Famer for sure. He sucked his last two years. Absolutely dog shit. The first 11 games of last year, he was really good. And then he got tired. His years caught up to him. The years of, I'm hurt, but I'm going to play through it, caught up to him. You put a younger guy in there that can run the play action, that was drafted by Chicago to run the exact offense that we're running in Pittsburgh right now before they decided to hire Nagy. I don't understand that whole decision. Um, It never works out when you draft a quarterback and then fire your head coach at the end of that season. Um, But... 
so the, the AFC North is very wide open. The AFC South is the Titans and nobody else still. So in, yeah, in reality, uh, in reality, we have the Titans, the Bills, the Patriots, kind of, and the Broncos to fight with that have proven it or the, that have that, that look like they could be great. You're just going to ignore the same, pretty much the same Chiefs team that donkey stomped you in the playoffs. I don't yeah, know the same Chiefs team enough. that no longer has a defense. Uh, that doesn't change the fact that they put up almost what 50, they had what 50, 43 points in that game. Thirty six. The two weeks before that, they put up forty three. There you go. Um, it doesn't change the fact that they're we have still a younger quarterback hurting. that can keep up with them now. Uh, the thing is, did you watch that game? No, did you watch that game? Uh, genuinely, the the, uh, the wild card game. Yeah. Yeah, because I was rooting for y'all. I didn't want to. I didn't want to face the Chiefs if we made it at that point. Um. So y'all shaky or y'all good at first, and then we, that whole first half the we were off. right there with them. We were actually yeah, it, running that game through the first half. And yeah, then that second half, Ben finish. came out and could not complete a throw to save his life. You you your can't win a game. Gonna, your your defense, defense can't get a stop. You can't win a your defense can't get a stop when they're on the field ninety percent of the time. And the balls did all right with it. The Vols had seven wins in the Should SEC, have had nine. which is a defensive-dominated league anyways. With, with the exception of Alabama and Georgia, they put up points. But other than that, defense dominates up, your league. We put up more points on Georgia than anybody other than Alabama. Yeah, and so, I mean, but you had an offense. You had an offense that was taking stress off of your defense. Yeah. So you can't make the argument that the Vols did it. No, they didn't. No, their offense put up enough points that their defense couldn't had, fuck it up. We had this argument before that defense no longer wins championships. But That's not true at all. That's not true at all because the Rave, or the Rams defense definitely won that championship. The Bills would have gone to the AFC championship had their defense you know, lasted 13, 13 seconds. seconds. Had they lasted a second longer than Josh, they would have been fine. Or they would oh. have had two possessions. Defense, or they would have had a possession in overtime. Defense still wins championships. Defense will still exclusively win championships, and the Steelers have an elite defense. And that—that <sighs> that is my argument. That is where I'm going to leave that. We are going to move on to just Josh and Josh. What is what's up? I mean, Buffalo's defense was the second best defense in the league this year. So yeah, that, that's a big part of it. When you don't have an offense that can score on another defensively minded team, yeah, you've got problems. Same reason why Pittsburgh and um, Kansas City both were fighting a defensive battle until Pittsburgh could no longer keep their defense off the field. Then it became an issue. When you give Kansas City six extra opportunities to score, yeah, you're going to lose that game. Nine times out of ten. Actually, 11 times out of ten, you're going to lose a game where you give Kansas City six extra op- or six extra opportunities. Um but we can have that conversation later. Let's get to Josh Joshin. Josh, go ahead and introduce your segment. All right. So my segment tonight is uh, just the NFL signings, the start of the legal tampering period of free agency. Uh, while there haven't been any, I don't. I mean, there have been big signings. Uh, Levi Wallace 
to the Steelers was one big one for me. Trubisky to the Steelers just because I loved having him as our backup. Uh, I think he's a very capable quarterback. But there have been a lot of signings the last two days. Uh, just, I think, an exciting start to the NFL free agency period. Uh, big heading into the draft. Um, see where players, you know, see. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year for me, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think that a lot of teams are addressing big needs. Uh, you already covered the Steelers and their needs. Um, sorry, I'm kind of tripping over my words. Uh, so I just, I'm excited about this time of the year. Um, it'll be exciting to kind of watch going forward. I will add to that and say it's been awesome because for the first time ever, we have two off seasons, two free agent signing periods that have overlapped with each other between MLB and NFL. So I'm like constantly glued to ESPN and I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And this has been the most exciting off season for either of these sports that I've ever experienced. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I guess maybe that's part of the reason why I, when we were planning our segments, I thought there were more big signings in the NFL than there have been because there's so much in MLB as well that it's just constant. What's going to happen next? Like, where are we at? What's, what's happening? What's, what's coming up? What's, and, and that is, I'm just here for it. I, I love every bit of that. I love this time of year. I love free agency in general because it gives a renewed hope. It gives this ability to um, look at your team and say, we could be really good here, which will make up for this hole we have over here. We could <clears throat> potentially make this work, you know, like things like that, where you get to look at your team and be like, oh yeah, no, this could potentially be a bright spot for our team or we need some work here. It gives you a chance to dive into your team's roster and just look at it and see what you need and watch your team fill those holes and just get excited about it. Right. And I'm now seeing online, I don't know how true this is, but I'm seeing that the Browns could be involved with getting Deshaun Watson as well. He's going to either the Panthers or the Texans. I'm pretty sure that he's already made it clear that if he doesn't sign with one of the two, one of those two teams, he's not signing anywhere. Okay. Well, I guess trading. Uh, you mean Panthers that's... or Saints? You said Texans. No, he's it? not going back to the Texans. You yeah, Texans. my bad. I meant, my bad. I meant Panthers or Saints. You guys Very see good. actually where the Colts had um, try to make an offer, and the Texans are like, nah. Yeah, it, we'll we'll just release him before we trade y'all to him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what you like to hear. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, they, they didn't even listen to the conversation. Um, it was pretty much it. The Colts gave them a call. They saw the call and said, nah, <laughs> we're going to pass. Picked it up and said, fuck off. Pretty much. That, that's the way you expect it to be between rivals, though, which is yeah. good. That's good for yeah. the sport. I think this, this postseason and this offseason have been really good for the NFL. 
um, which is great because you're, we're seeing the NFL thrive in spite of Goodell and not because of Goodell. Cardinals hosting cornerback Jeff Gladney for visit. Oh, the Vikings jumped the gun. We thought he was guilty. We traded or we cut him. Now look, he's gonna go be good for somebody yeah. else because I hope the time's good too. Because we need, we definitely need DB help. The Vikings apparently, um, front office uh, apparently reached out like somebody that stayed over from the last regime, and when they called him, it didn't even it, it gave the blocked call tone. Like he blocked the Vikings. Damn. <laughs> That's uh, unfortunate, but I can't say I blame him because the way the Vikings handled that situation, especially in the midst of handling the the Dalvin Cook situation completely differently, um, both of whom apparently turned out it wasn't what the story claimed it was. Now Dalvin Cook is still a Viking, and Jeff Gladney was shown where the priority stood with him, and that's why I hate the hated the last regime so much. That's why I hate the Vikings organization as much as I do, even though I'm a big fan of the Vikings. Um, it's just a mess, but yeah. Sorry, another bit of a rabbit trail. But I mean, it, it's kind of relevant because it is free agency, you know? Right. Des, do you have anything else on that? Nah, I'm... Tons aren't doing anything exciting yet. Uh, I hope to God we make a move for either some elite, uh, some elite corner help or another safety or not safety. But we do need another safety. Kevin Byer can't do it all on his own. Um, or another receiver. I would gladly, I would love to trade Julio for somebody who can stay on the field at least. You know, nine games out of the season. Hey, Juju's still looking for a team. I've heard that. Uh, saw that the Titans are actually the favorites to sign him if he doesn't. Uh, if he doesn't like stay Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm all for that. Juju and uh, AJ Brown would be huge. That'd huge, because yeah. Juju would be a, an official number two again, and it would be back yep. to him, his, his him and Antonio Brown days, which were elite. I want. I want the Titans to make a move for DK Metcalf. Seattle, that would be nice. Having a ship, because uh, uh, they were waiting there and miss. Yeah, they got that tandem. Yep, it's a possibility. I would love it. All right, Josh, you have anything else on this? Uh, no. I guess I hope that the Bills uh go after. You know, I've seen them linked to uh strong wide receiver. Um, I hope that they bring in some more help. I mean, we're pretty strong at the wideout position, but that'd be good. Uh, boosting the running back position more. I saw we had a big running back signing. We signed the, uh, Redskins or excuse me, commanders running back. (laughs) Um, McKissick or, uh, no McKissick, McKissick, JD McKissick. He's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's real good. And yeah, with a better yeah. offensive line, he could be um probably a top ten rusher in the league, which would be yep. good for y'all. We uh re signed our center, Mitch uh what is it? Mitch Moreland, I think. Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Mitch so, Moreland sounds like he's a baseball player. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mitch does. Moreland's a baseball player. Mitch Moreland is a baseball player. 
Um, Place of the Rays, I think. Other, other A's team, Jays. Mitch Morse. Mitch Moreland is a Blue Jay. Okay. He, that would be why that name was in my. No, he's not. He's an athletic. Is he? Oh, was Mitch he a Morris. Red Sox at one point? I feel like he was a Red Sox at one point. He was a Red Sox. Yep. He, yeah, he has played was. for the Rangers, the Red Sox, the Padres, and now the Athletics. Ah, makes sense. That's um, why I knew him. Padres. Mitch Morris. Yep. So yeah. I was close on the name. Hey, you were right there. Um, and then the Steelers have taken just about everybody else from you. <laughs> Pretty much, but we took so. a linebacker. And a cornerback for me, right? Or no, offensive line and cornerback. Yeah. No, quarterback and cornerback. And somebody else. I thought there was an offensive lineman or something. Was there? Okay. I feel like I remember pissing you off. You guys are. You guys are. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Bills. The the Bills are becoming the Steelers' farm system. So that's pretty cool. And then uh, (laughs) Freddie Freeman's going to go to the Blue Jays. So. Josh is just living high over there. Yeah, um, I'm really enjoying both sports free agency periods. So I just hope the Dodgers get Freddie. Man, that info would be elite. You that imagine that? Freddie Freeman on first, Mike Smutsey at second, uh, Justin Turner at third, Trey Turner at short. And then we got Will Smith at catcher, who's be rising to it as a young star, get Bauer back on the fucking mound because he was proven innocent. Ah, oh, dude, that's him. Do you think he's back? Do you think they'll bring him back? I, he's I'm, currently on the I exempt list to. for some reason. Yeah, the players union and the MLB agreed on one thing, and that, that was to say fuck the Dodgers and keep Trevor Bauer out of the game. Well, Cortez, <laughs> like you don't have eight hundred other pieces to build over. World but we could so. use more. We're paying the man. We deserve to get to yeah, use typical Dodgers. He's not fan. getting paid right now. Is he not? Uh uh-uh. uh. And his salary is off the books until he comes off the exempt list. Either way. So it's not we money for the luxury tax. We signed him. We're not he's not getting any younger. I would like to use I would like to use the pitcher that we had got. Yeah. Well that's fair. I uh, got it. Damn nice Trevor Bauer baseball card last year. It'd be nice if it was worth something. It is if you like King Sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's head to on campus with Des. Des, what you got? All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to On Campus with Des, sponsored or powered by Community Sports. Uh, this week, March Madness kicks off. We're definitely going to discuss that. Uh, I'll dive into that here in just a minute. Uh, like I said, talking to the guys before the show, uh, I've got a topic here towards the end that's going to spark a debate that may piss some of you guys off, especially if you're an old head. Uh, but without further ado, let's dive into it. Uh, let's start off by saying, fuck anybody who had anything to do with creating the bracket this year. You were wrong. Don't get me wrong. These matchups are solid. The potential matchups look great. However, your seating was wrong. First of all, I've, you know, we keep saying people, why did Michigan get in, get in over A&M? They've got solid wins. That's fine. 
my question is, how the hell did Iowa State, who had a losing record in conference, make it in over Texas A&M, who lost in the SEC championship? You know, sure, you you can have that. But they also beat Auburn, who's a two seed, and Arkansas, who I believe is a five seed, uh, on their way. So that one blows me out of the water. Uh, I really don't know how they dropped the ball on that one. North Carolina, they had a pretty decent season. I know Dante was upset that they got um, an eight seed. That one I could justify because they've not looked great against quality opponents. You argued with that with me uh, last week. I don't know if it was oh, yeah. on air, we, but we, we looked bad yeah. against quality opponents. But at the same time, that eight seed, six fine, eight. What the fuck? Well, let's talk about a real team that got fucked, that got into it, but got fucked seeding. That's none other than my Tennessee Balls. That's I, mean, I thought you were gonna go with Syracuse, and then you said they got into it. So no, nah, no, nah, we we actually made the tournament because not only did we win our our conference, we didn't have a single loss to a non-quality one or Q one opponent quadrant one. There we go. Uh, we not only did we beat teams, we blew out like we blew out Kentucky. We were looking to blow Arkansas with up the gas and let them come back from a 26-point deficit. Nonetheless, we beat them. I was wrong last week when I said we split the series with Auburn. We went 1-0 against Auburn. Uh, we've already beaten Arizona. And the AP Bowl came out, I believe it was yesterday, 1-4 through four goes to one seats. Sure. And then if you look at number 5, it's the number 3 seed, Tennessee, who is ranked higher than Kentucky. Any of the two seeds. Yeah, any of the two seeds, any of the threes, anyone that's not a one seed. So, I'm not going to argue on this too much. It's, it's done. There's nothing that can be done about it. I legitimately think the balls make it to the final four this year because we've beat the best team in this bracket, or in our bracket. We are scourging high right now, and our path is fairly easy. Yeah, there's some Cinderella or some potential Cinderella is on the way, but that's potential. There's no guarantee that they're going to actually run into us. But since I said Cinderella, let's look at some of my Cinderella favorites, and I'll I'll give a brief explanation as to why I think they are. Um, I pretty much looked at one for each uh, region of the bracket. Nothing, nothing too fancy. I'll probably be wrong on one or two of these. Uh, the way I was really looking at determining a Cinderella was either they were a really small school or if they were a uh, 10 seed or higher. Uh, and you guys let me know how, how I did. Uh, who you think is going to be a Cinderella? I'm talking to you and or Dante and Josh as well. Uh, without further ado, let's look at Vermont. Uh, out of the West region. Yeah, out of the West. Uh, I, I like their matchup against Arkansas. Arkansas solid team this year, but Vermont, I, I think they're more physical. And I think they can shoot better. Not to mention, they're playing in New York, which, in case you didn't know, and if you're not from the States or if you're just geographically illiterate, uh, Vermont is a lot closer to New York than Arkansas is. 
Mm -hmm. Same thing if they were to beat Arkansas. They're a better team than either UConn or New Mexico State. I think UConn's a solid team, but I think Vermont can handle them. I, I'm i not sure who else they'd run into after that. I didn't look a whole lot, like, whole, real deep into the bracket on that end because I've not filled mine out yet. I'm waiting for these uh, play-in seeds to figure out because there's some some of these teams in the play-in are going to go further than others. Right. Uh, another one I have, uh, San Francisco. Like they've they played some solid games. They've lost. They they've not. I don't think they've beaten a twenty top twenty five opponent yet. But I know they played Gonzaga close in all three games. I'm pretty sure they went toe to toe to Kansas against Kansas like early on in the year. Uh, they are a solid team that I would be worried to play. However, another team in that same bracket that plays them round one is Murray State, who only has two losses on the year. Murray State had a run a couple of years back. Granted, that was with arguably the best, you know, young, best guy with under three years experience in the league right now, and that was John Morant. But I think Murray State has a Sweet Sixteen uh, in their eyes. It's not, it's not impossible for them. And then rounding out this particular bracket, Indiana, they looked great. They looked great down the stretch. Uh, they're I, I can't remember who it is they'd be playing first round, but I don't think it really matters. If they can get past Notre Dame tonight, I feel confident that they can have a decent little run. Uh, get, moving to the other side of the bracket, if you look at it on ESPN's uh, tournament challenge, UAB, they are lights out from three. They are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the, in the nation. I can't remember exactly what their record is, but it was good enough to get them to the tournament. I think they were going to get in either way without having to win uh, the Conference USA title, but they're a solid team. And then another one, like literally right after that, if, if UAB wins and Chattanooga, uh, I like them. I said this last week too. I, I like the way Chattanooga State um, Sacks up against all the teams, and one of those teams is Illinois. Um, I'll talk go more to that later. They're part of another segment um, within this. Uh, I would love to see a UAB chat uh, round of 32 game. That would be fun to watch because whoever wins that game is going to make a decent little run. They're going to. Oh, I. I they're trying. They'll probably meet their end at the Sweet 16, but. Either way, I, I still think that they'd, they've got a decent little run in them. Here's one that a lot of people won't pick. I've heard. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, but no, I've heard a lot of people, like they're, some people are hot, some people are cold on San Diego State. I'm pretty sure they've got, if I'm not mistaken, they've got the longest one streak in the country currently i think it's like a 21 game win streak or some crazy shit like that um uh they haven't lost since being 10 and 10 and whatever their loss record loss number is right now that four, was the last time they lost so lost. so 10 and 4 so yeah, like 22 yeah. games straight yeah so i mean they're uh they're on fire right now uh providence isn't the greatest team they're another team i'll um talk about here in just a few minutes Actually, that's it. That's 
those are my uh, potential Cinderella matchups. Uh, who do, I'm curious to see who y'all have as your Cinderellas or what you got. Um, my biggest Cinderella right now, I don't know if you can consider him a Cinderella just based on their past success in the last few tournaments, but I, I have Loyola making another run. I think um, they're going to come out. They're going to not shock some teams, but do exactly what is expected of them. Make some noise, get deep in the tournament, and then from there, anything can happen. You get to that round of 16 and anything can happen. So um, I, I've got Loyola Chicago making a bit of a run there. I thought about Loyola. I, I really did. They were a team I almost actually put down. However, my issue with them, I, I think they're going to beat Ohio State in the first first round. But after that, they run. They're going to run into Villanova. And Villanova is a team that has success every March. So I, I, I can't. I, Villanova I has success every March, but they looked shaky as hell in a very weak Big East this year. Fair enough. I can't call it a, bit, a week that used. They had two top four teams or two uh, teams that are at least a four seed. It's, they're yeah, they're a two seed. Providence is a four. Provident, did Providence deserve that four seed? I mean, Decent. let's be honest. Yeah. There were teams that were better than Providence that should have had that four seed. There's a team that I think would beat Providence in the tournament that didn't even make the tournament. So, A&M? Yeah. A&M, Syracuse, and Oklahoma would all three beat Providence. Fair enough. Josh, you were saying something? Yeah, so I just pulled up my uh, bracket. Probably one of the biggest upsets I have in the first round is – New Mexico State over UConn. I don't have Ooh. them getting any further than that, but yeah, and that I guess I don't really have a ton of any rhyme or reason to it. Just gut. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling that I have. That's uh, I've got, I have San Francisco over Murray State. I know that's one you were talking about. Yep. Uh, I think that they yep. could be. A good team, and then I have uh, Indiana beating St. Mary's. Should they uh, beat Wyoming tonight? Yeah, I think Indiana is a better team than St. Mary's is. In all honesty, I do too. Now, if Wyoming wins tonight, then I'm gonna have to jump in the app and hopefully ESPN lets me change my pick. Yeah, see, that's the reason I've waited until I, uh, until the playing games are done. And then I think that was about it. I've got Iowa State over LSU. And, again, that's just a gut feeling I have. I've kind of always liked the Cyclones program. Uh, LSU is another thing I'm about to actually um, talk about, too. Okay. So uh, I'm with you on that one. So, and then I've got – Anything else, guys? LSU, the only reason I'm worried picking them in this bracket is because LSU does not have a head coach. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that, I'd say they could make a run. But they don't have a head coach. So, and they might not have a team next year that could legally make the tournament. So, yeah. 
Oh, and then uh, another big one I had, sorry to go back. I must have overlooked it the first time I was scrolling through here, but I uh, I have Virginia Tech going all the way to the national championship. I just Ooh. think I think they've been a hot team. They, with the exception of losing to Duke in the ACC final, they had nope, a great. Nope, they beat they beat they, Duke in the ACC Duke. final. Oh yeah, you're right. They, they, they stole the yeah. So I yeah, just think they, they didn't get in otherwise. That's why I'm absolutely convinced Duke is a first weekend bounce. Yep. So they've been one of the hottest teams in the country. So I just, I'm probably wrong on it, but I have Virginia Tech in my national championship. I have them losing to Tennessee. All righty. All right. Well, Johnny, since you talk about Duke being a first weekend bounce, I've actually got a list. Right here, of higher ranked seeds that I think are going to be exactly what you said. Um, Duke is one of them. I'll talk about that in just a second. The first one, this is going to be one that's going to piss some people off. I like Gonzaga losing in the round of 32. Yes. Yes. I, I said I said this last week. I didn't say specifically who. I did say um, Memphis was going to be hot. They're going to have to beat. And I really like that matchup for Memphis. I hate Memphis. As a UT fan, I despise that city. Um, I despise that team. And I despise Penny Hardaway. That being said, regardless of if you acknowledge it or not, Penny seat is warm right now. They have underperformed every year since he got there. They finally made the tournament for the first time since 2014. And I... I think Penny knows that he has to get some wins to cool his seat down. Another team I think is going to lose, I already briefly touched it, Arkansas. They looked rough in the SEC tournament. Uh, they played they played pretty good down the stretch, but in the SEC tournament, they did not look the greatest. Um, uh, and I like the match, uh, Vermont's matchup against them. And here's your favorite one, Dante. I was wrong last week. I, I thought Duke would be a one seed. I was wrong. I'll admit that. However, you're right. They they have the potential to be a first weekend knockout. And that's simply because, well, they have to play Michigan State. I don't think they're going to lose in the round one. It's, it's kind of like you said earlier um, before we started. One of the teams has to win – one of the teams is going to win, like, yes, I know. But Michigan State and Duke both look like shit. I don't trust either one. Neither Whoever wins this game is losing in the Sweet 16. But, uh, it's a toss-up. I don't know who's going to outcoach who. Uh, if history says anything, Coach K uh, outcoaches Izzo. That's all there is to it. But we know March doesn't give a fuck about history. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about this uh, just a second ago, St. Mary's. I like Indiana over them, but I don't like Wyoming over them. If Indiana wins, St. Mary's is out round one. If Wyoming wins, St. Mary's may make themselves a run. Uh, another one. Uh, this one's going to give me five too because I'm a Tennessee fan. I don't know if this is a guarantee. This is kind of where I start getting shaky. Kentucky. 
I, I like Murray State over Kentucky. I, I don't know how confident I am in that, but I do like I, I like that matchup for Murray State. Uh, I I know Kentucky fans are gonna hate me for this, mostly because this is a podcast, not a book, and they actually have to listen to it instead of try to read it. And then Houston. I talked about briefly Houston and Illinois both all. I'll tie them into one. Uh, I don't like the matchup for, the, for either team. Uh, Houston's looked rough down the stretch. And Illinois, Kobe Coburn is the only person on that team worth a damn. How they got a four seed is beyond me. I, obviously, I know how they got it. They had a solid record. But you shut down Coburn, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Uh, but they're done. I I really like Chattanooga in that matchup. Another one we kind of talked about was Providence. I don't I don't see them making past a white hot San Diego or San Diego South Dakota State. My bad. I just wrote down SDSU on here. Um, Providence benefited off a weak schedule. They I uh, didn't look into it a whole lot. I'm pretty sure the only quadrant one win were over. Uh, or yeah, over Villanova. So I don't see them making it out of the first weekend. And lastly, LSU, Iowa State. They don't deserve to be in the tournament. However, LSU has nothing to play for right now. They're a team that has been kicked in the nuts by the NCAA. They are going to come out sluggish, unmotivated, and just not wanting to be there. And they're going to get blown out. In the first round. Yeah. Uh, right. If we're cutting my baseball segment, uh, that's fine. I'm sure Coach will enjoy me talking about that more with him on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can tell me a little bit more how that how the that goes into. Uh, but that's all for me this week. All righty, let's go to our pickums. This week, we are going to continue with the same trend. We will pick all of them, very limited explanations, just kind of roll through it. Um, our pickums in the past could get kind of long-winded, and this seemed to flow better. So this week, we are picking all of the eight, nine matchups. So those are – pull it back up here again. I'll edit this out, obviously. Um, yeah. Those eight nines are Boise State, Memphis – um, North Carolina Marquette, Seton Hall TCU, and San Diego State Creighton. I'll go first here since I've got my bracket pulled up and I know exactly who I've picked in all of these. My first one, Creighton San Diego State. Oh, and then we're also picking the race this week, which is in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it's Atlanta this week. Which we're running um, as a speedway. They're running as a speedway for the first time ever, so it's supposed to feel a lot oh. like Daytona, which is exciting. Um, Hell yeah, I've got something else or too. A super speedway. It's running as a super speedway. They've yeah. got the super speedway set, set up out. Um, so it should run like Daytona, which is huge. Hell yeah. Um, so my pick for the number eight, nine, San Diego State Creighton. I've got Creighton advancing in that one. In the South region, my eight, nine, Seton Hall over TCU. In my East region, North Carolina over or against Marquette, I've got North Carolina advancing. And then in my 
West Region, Boise State and Memphis. I have Memphis winning that one and going on to play Gonzaga in the round of 32. Des, who do you have? Your chance to get the race. Oh, my race winner is Briscoe Disco gets his second top five finish. But Joey Logano gets the dub this week in Atlanta. That's my prediction. Joey Logano with the win. Des, who do you have this week? Uh, I'm going to piggyback off you for most of these. Um, I, I like... I do like Creighton over San Diego State. I haven't seen a whole lot on them, but Creighton's one of those teams that's been here before. They know what to do. Um, I've already talked about it. Memphis over uh, shoot over Boise State. Boise State looks lower off in that Mount West final. Ah, shit. I, I do North like Carolina Marquette. Marquette. Yeah, I, I like Marquette over North Carolina. North Carolina is a team that I can't trust to be good more than uh, more than a game or two in a row. Uh, they're too inconsistent for me to to trust choosing them. And then I like Seton Hall. They've been a pretty solid team all year. Uh, I, I like for them to continue that trend. All right. And who's your race winner? I'm not a fan of him, but I, I got to go with Lugano. He's he's run pretty well this year. Uh, I think I, I think he's going to continue. I think he's got a very least a top five finish. I've chosen Redick all year, and the one week we didn't we didn't do the podcast. Or the one week I didn't choose him, he actually did good. So I'm gonna keep the trend going and not choosing him and I'd like to point out that I, I picked I called last week's win. I said Briscoe's gonna get his first dub. I called it. I was right. I, I'm just, I, I, I would like to choose my own driver, but man, his every time I pick him he, he just Your luck the picking race. your teams this year has been abysmal. Between brand to... pickums and this type of pickum, and yep. it's just been a mess. Um, so if the yeah. ball pickers the national title, I'm picking people to play because I believe in jinx. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, and Josh, who do you have in this week's pickums? All right, so I have Memphis over Boise State. I have Carolina over Marquette. Seton Hall over TCU. And uh, Creighton over San Diego State. Man, I'm the only one who picks up different. Oh, y'all lame. Yep. Yep. Josh and I are pretty aligned well with Pickums, which is why yeah. we constantly blow you out in the standings, which reminds me, right. I'll go back in the podcasts, listen to all of them, and get a more accurate updated standings for next week. And then uh, I got Tyler Reddick for NASCAR. All righty. Well, with that, guys, we're going to wrap for the week. We appreciate y'all for joining us this week, for bearing with us through this episode. We know it got long-winded in some places, but we had a lot of really good conversation. We enjoyed this week's episode. We enjoyed having y'all here with us this week. Hopefully next week we have a guest for y'all. Don't forget to check out the website. Um, It launches in exactly just under 46 hours now, 7 p.m. March 17th. Thursday uh, is when it is uh, scheduled to go live. That editing will be done on that website tomorrow. It will be posted, scheduled, ready to go live at 7 o'clock p.m. Be sure to check that out. We'll post that link to all of our pages. We'll get it shared to groups. We'll get it out there for y'all. We appreciate you for joining us this week. What's up? I was just going to ask what the web address was. Well, we'll get that shared in the link. I haven't completely decided on that yet. I need to get... um, 
have a conversation with our founders, get a couple things approved. But for the most part, that is ready to go. It will launch in just over or just under 48 hours. We are excited to be able to bring that to you, to share that with you, and it will give you uh, early access. Um, it'll give you the first look at access to our merch store when that goes live at some point this summer, um, which will probably be the next big thing that we work towards as a brand. We appreciate y'all for joining us this week. We look forward to seeing y'all next week for a very fun-filled um, episode that's looking to turn into a baseball episode as baseball season starts to kick off, and we Sir. get to do some conversations about that oh, oh. and hopefully have our guest on next week. Thank y'all. Have a safe week. Um, be well, and we'll see y'all back here next week. Peace. Peace.